0: Tasmania talks with Mike O'Loughlin weekday mornings from nine. And indeed, our Labor leader Rebecca White Beck. Good morning, welcome.
1: Good morning, Mike. Thanks for
0: having me on. Oh, look, absolute pleasure. Tell me, let's let's get straight into it. The stadium is always uh, a contentious issue. I'm actually um, interested how the fact that you've uh, the Greens have really had a bit of a, a bit of an attack on you, on you. We we've always known exactly how Labor stand in regard to the stadium. There's no doubt about that. You've said that media releases. No, there's not. Uh, and then the Greens come out and say, "Oh, lobbying for your support uh, to to actually tell the uh, Prime Minister." I would understand that he would all know how you feel, realistically.
1: He sort of, yeah. I think all Tasmanians know that the Labor Party doesn't think another stadium in Hobart is the right priority for our state, and we've been very clear about that. And in fact, it was uh, way back in uh, the bud when the budget was announced by the government that we came out in opposition to it. So we've been on the record for a number of months now, very clearly in uh, our position to say it is not our priority for there to be a $750 million stadium built in Hobart and I think anyone with eyes and ears uh, has been able to pick that up.
0: Oh there's no doubt about it um, that's, and I, I appreciate the fact that you've stood exactly by that but that's where I thought this was uh, to me it's a monumental stuff up with the Greens coming out and just attacking and what was that all about?
1: <laughs> uh, look you have to <laughs> ask them what that was all about but we had a debate about it yesterday. They wasted an hour of the Parliament's time having a debate on this yesterday, and it was just a stunt, really. I think um, they probably could have spent their time on many of the other more important things that are confronting our state. So I don't know what it was about, but our position is very clear. It has been clear for months, and it hasn't changed.
0: No, that's, uh, that's fair. And, uh, and I must say, uh, very good morning to the family. I think I can... I, I,
1: <laughs> can, can <laughs> Hudson here. God, it's um, <laughs> a public holiday in the South today, everyone, and that means the children are with me this morning, (laughs) including little Hudson, who's just sitting with me.
0: There's nothing wrong with that, Beck at all. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that um, the Prime Minister's kind of left it a bit open in regard the Federal Government would support major infrastructure projects in the state like the stadium and cultural precinct on Hobart's waterfront if they had a solid business case. So, to me, that's leaving the door wide open.
1: Look, this is the one thing the Government haven't been able to deliver and this is the State Liberal Government is a business case. And I can understand why the Prime Minister of the country is taking the approach that he is around a project like this or any project, because we saw the sports rorts and the pork barrelling from the former uh, Morrison government, and we all understand how uh, angry that made the community. So he's not going to come out and provide support for any proposal unless there's a clear business case, and the community wants and needs it this government here locally, the state Liberal government hasn't proved up that yet, they haven't done a business case and that's where a lot of the serious questions are regarding the financial implications of a project like this and I think all the PM was saying yesterday is that before he thinks about funding any project. He needs to see the details,
0: and that's what I would expect of any good prime minister. And I think, uh, in, in that regard, you're quite correct because uh, he's certainly kicking goals. Because he's, uh, you know, not sort of saying yes and not sort of saying no. But realistically, um, the, the politicking, the argy-bargy between, I think that's uh, that to me. I, I really believe down the track this entertainment precinct, shall we call it, will be built. I don't think it's going to be built in my time, but it will be built. There is the issue, of course, uh, and the, you're saying, "Well, hang on, there's no money for the north." Trying to make it a north and south divide, though, Beck. I think that's a bit harsh because that's. You, you, look, you realistically, and I know Luke Martin put it quite succinctly in his article about the you, you know York Park, you know the home Launceston being the home of AFL and the home of footy. But um, the uh, the Liberal government has said that they're going to put $25 to upgrade a uh, dial park in Penguin and $65 million to upgrade Utah Stadium.
1: They have said those things, but they haven't said what sort of content will be hosted at those sites. And we are still very concerned about that because the investment in AFL, which has been the case for 20 years now in Tasmania, has really been about a northern event strategy to activate... Uh, the north over those winter months when it has been quieter and it's been really successful and we don't want to lose those good content games whether it's AFL and there's a range of other games that the north has hosted at York Park too to the south and what we do know so far and that was uh, evident in the feasibility study which the government has released is that they expect the southern stadium to host 44 games 28 of those games are net new games which means 16 of them will be games that have been drawn from other parts of the state to be played there, which does mean that your park's going to lose content to the south. And that's why we've been asking those serious questions about how many games in the north of the state, because it's always been a really important driver of the northern economy in winter to activate that uh, precinct, bring people in, visitors in, and it has been successful. We don't want to lose that So it does, unfortunately, become a bit of a North and a South thing, because if the South and the capital city Hobart, as the Attorney General, put a foot in and said through the week, you know, it's the capital city, it should get all of these games, is the one that gets all of these content, it has an impact on the economy, it has an impact on jobs, and that's what we haven't seen answers from the government about, and that's what I know, many people in the north are particularly concerned
0: about. It's interesting, isn't it, And you're probably uh, thinking about or discussing the Price Waterhouse Coopers report that came out, yes. uh, saying the new stadium will host uh, six A League games, seven NRL games, international rugby, BBL, and extra international cricket. The sports and events listed uh, will make up 44 events per year, and uh, the business case has based its annual attendance estimates on that. The Peter, uh, the Price Waterhouse uh, Coopers uh, report estimates are stadium will attract up to 420,000 attendees each year. The data expects A-League matches to half fill the 23,000-seat stadium. NRL and BBL matches uh, will see the stadium filled to 65% of capacity. And as you've touched on AFL, that's why I'm touching on the fact it's not just AFL because you've got the seven AFL games scheduled for the new venue. Those in the north of the state will have to settle for the hosting four games, but that's what they do now.
1: But there's also a lot of assumptions in that. And you're right to point out all of those different games because there's certainly no evidence the government's had any conversations with the A-League or the NRL about that number of games being played at the Southern Stadium. And there's also serious questions about why they do that for free because what we've seen in the past is that the states have to actually fork out money to attract those kind of content or that go- those kind of games to Tasmania. And in the past, some of those games have been played in the north, in York Park, particularly around BBL. Mm. And this is the detail we haven't got, Mike, because as, I, as you said and I said, that feasibility study identifies 44 games or will be played in the south of different sporting codes. But only 28 of those will be new games that have been attracted to the state because of the Southern, Southern Stadium. 16 of those are things that are already played in Tasmania, either at Belle Reeve or at York Park but they're going to be taken from those venues to play at this Southern Stadium to make it stack up. And then there are serious questions about those attendance figures. Uh, you just have to look at the attendance figures for those types of games across the country. And we would really struggle to turn that many people out to watch NRL games, seven of them a year in the South. Uh, to And that's where the real holes are in the government's plan. And that's, that's reckless spending of taxpayer money to say, yep, look, it's fine. We can make it stack up, play 44 games there without having any details to sure. back that up. We're talking about a lot of taxpayer money here at a time when there are serious other priorities for our state, and that's our argument. It is it is completely irresponsible and reckless for the government to commit to funding a southern stadium when they haven't got the details. The financial and economic arguments uh, has got holes right through them and really, we think we should be focusing on housing, health, education and really getting the basics right for our state before we build another stadium, which we don't really need. Let's face it, it's a condition the AFL has put on the government. They've heavied the Premier and he has been too weak to stand up to them. It wasn't on the agenda. It wasn't part of the bid for the AFL team. It's come out of nowhere and unfortunately the state
0: government's happy to write a blank cheque that's completely reckless. is interesting though that, um, and I've, I've quoted on this program before, South Australia's Oval because I remember 2008 the global financial crisis and I was, oh, I was on the radio over there and the and South Australian Labor Premier in 2009 brokered a deal to rebuild the Adelaide Oval which took uh, I think, oh, it took ages, years and years on. And I was gone by then but um they've made a fortune out of that i mean the, i think it's 330 million dollars every year economic stimulus comes out of that and that's an entertainment precinct, not just afl but it came from adelaide oval townsville did the same the new townsville inner city riverside stadium opened in 2020 and i remember years of negativity of that i mean that was just fight after fight after fight we don't need it we can't afford it it's not a priority it's but it's now an absolutely spectacular success the city came alive i think if the business case is good, Labor will have to have a serious look at it and I'm pretty sure the Prime Minister would too.
1: Well, I don't know when we're going to see a business case and that's another thing. Like The government has sure. signed up to this. They've committed to it. They've said it's a thing that they're going to fund without any details and that is just reckless. There are so many other priorities for the Tasmanian taxpayer right now and that's our argument, Mike. And I'd be quite happy to see York park redeveloped, just like they did in Adelaide. Like, we do have fantastic facilities already in this state Mm. we have the capacity to host AFL games with the best teams coming to play I mean York Park's hosted some outstanding matches in its history and just this year I went to a game at Bell Reeve and watched the Geelong Cats play they are the premiers so we have the capacity to host the best teams in the league right now in our state and there's no reason why we can't continue to do that and upgrading our current facilities would make much more sense to us than building a brand new one
0: Look, uh, and and I understand that, but I think there'll be uh, there'll be change in the air uh, in probably. I don't think it'll be uh, you know in the months uh, ahead, but it will be some change ahead, and I think it'll be very interesting. I want to, I'd, I'd really appreciate your opinion on uh, Marinus and how that's all. You know, the uh, Prime Minister has certainly uh, signed off on that, and that's an enormous enormous change. Your thoughts on Marinus and uh, the energy, and my concern is if it's going to be uh, um, funded, okay, by federal. For 20% odd, we've still got to put in the billions. But the reality is, will Tasmanians pay more for their power?
1: That's a very important question. And that's been one of the questions we've asked all along. So one of the big questions we had is, who's going to pay for this? We now have an answer to that, which is the state, federal and Victorian governments. Who's going to own it was another important question because we didn't want to see that privatised. We have an answer to that now and it's going to be publicly owned. And that's a good thing. The final question we always had is, where is the value for Tasmanians in this? And are their power bills going to go up? It's still unclear to us how that's going to play out. So there are some questions to ask. And we know the federal government's funding it out of their rewiring the nation project, which was an announcement at the last federal election. And it's very clear where that money's coming from. What's not clear is where the Tasmanian contribution's coming from. And we asked questions yesterday in Parliament of the Minister and the Premier about this because... What we don't yet understand is what the Tasmanian contribution is going to be to the capital component of building Marinus, both the undersea link but also the on-land transmission lines because Marinus is not just a sea link project. It's actually quite a lot of on-land construction too. Mm. And the other question we had is um, where is that money coming from out of the state budget?
0: And will the farmers get compensation? That's
1: that was another question we asked yesterday. So Janie Finlay, our Shadow Minister for agriculture has been working very closely with a number of farmers across uh, the area where the northern transmission yeah. line is proposed to go. What we've been arguing for is for there to be contemporary contracts with ongoing compensation because currently the government has the ability to compulsory acquire land and to pay a nominal fee for doing that and there's enormous disruption particularly to that productive agricultural land many of which um, much of which is under uh, irrigation as well, so you've got some significant infrastructure assets there already. Unfortunately, the government voted against a motion we put up to p- provide. Contemporary contracts
0: with ongoing compensation to farmers, so that's an ongoing issue that will hmm. continue to prosecute. It's a, a, a so the taxpayers realistically, I mean, you, taxpayers don't want to foot the bill for for as I've read the biggest government investment in energy for seventy years. Guy Barnett, Tasmania Energy Minister Guy Barnett, um, said once Baroness Link was built. Tasmanian customers would pay no more than 15% of the total estimated project costs. Now, that means if we're paying no more than 15%, we're still paying 15%.
1: That's right. And what we haven't been able to get details from the government about is what is the what is that amount of money we're talking about and how does the government expect to fund that? Is it just going to be passed completely on to taxpayers through their bills or will there be another arrangement that they um, set up through the budget? So we haven't got answers to those questions and they're very important questions because we know Tasmanians are struggling with the rising cost of energy. We've had a 12% increase this year. There's a forecast 35% increase next year. So we are very worried about what this is going to do to mums and dads and small businesses and their ability to just pay for the basics, keeping the lights on. So. These are important questions you're asking, Mike. We're asking them too. We're hoping the government can give us some answers
0: soon. I'm actually going to be having a chat to the CEO of Marinus Link uh, after your good self, Bess Clark. Um, But I'd like to know, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, they say that uh, Tasmania will now be able to move to a 200% renewable, taking out 140 million tonnes of carbon by 2050. Now, that'll keep your mates in the Greens extremely happy. Um, But will it put... You You,
1: you make assumptions by uh, thinking they're my mates.
0: Oh, oh, sorry. Okay, I don't, don't mean to make an assumption about um, the, your, the Greens. Um, but the downward pressure on electricity prices for Tasmania, will that realistically have boosting energy, they say, security, providing thousands of jobs? We know about all that. That, that will happen, that's for sure. But will it boost, you know, um, the fact that all of this, will it cost... Uh, you and to me and everybody else will and then that's the big question that needs to be answered is will our power bills go up because they're continually saying no down the track but when's down the track when it's fully paid for which is years would be years away this is my yeah. concern
1: There's, look it's our con- concern too and i was interested to hear the minister for energy yesterday say that power bills will be cheaper with marinus than without and i haven't heard the government make that argument in the past I don't know what they're relying on to say such a thing but we want to understand what that means and to your point when because Marinus isn't proposed to be built for a decade so are we going to see increases in our power bills for the next decade until we get Marinus and then I can't understand how by building something which is going to cost money it's actually going to save people's power bills and that's an important um point that we need to get to the bottom of. So we've got a lot of questions for just like you. Hopefully we can get some answers in the next couple of weeks from the government.
0: I certainly will be re-asking uh, be that question. The uh, It also, though, one side... I think it's a good thing as well is the fact that the telecommunication links will be a lot better with um, you know fiber optic connectivity they're saying 150 times over which is fairly amazing so I mean there is the good side to that I know that um, the Prime Minister has said more than 45,000 homes and businesses in Tasmania will be among 1.5 million premises gaining high speed internet uh, direct to their door by 2025.
1: Yeah, and the federal government's been very clear about this, the federal Labor government, that the rollout of the NBN was completely botched by the former government. They tried to cut some corners and unfortunately we've got some pretty poor internet connectivity across the state and the country. So the ability to have another interconnector that also includes... Uh, fibre optic is really important because unfortunately we saw earlier this year where both of our connections went down and that was incredibly disruptive for Mm. businesses but also households so to have that redundancy built in is very valuable but also that extra connectivity for households there are still so many places across our state who can't get reliable internet and we do need to fix that because you can't operate in a modern society without it.
0: I do know that um, the uh, Tasmo listening. This is uh, from uh, Guy Barnett, Energy and Renewables Minister, said that Tasmanians uh, wanting to join the energy efficiency uh, re- revolution, as he calls it, can now apply to the, be part of a fifty million dollar government funded loans scheme, the Energy Energy Saver Loan Scheme, touting it as a practical way to help households and small businesses transition to better energy. Efficiency, So there is uh, that out there. But I also know the Prime Minister promised uh, over, you know, what, 250 bucks thereabouts uh, to lower our power bills, and we still haven't got that yet.
1: No. So on the first point around the government scheme, so that was announced as a winter bill buster uh, yeah. <laughs> solution. It, it's only just started to open for expressions of interest now. We're six weeks from summer. So it, it's been a long time coming on board, and the partner they've engaged to deliver that bright energy has a bit of a dodgy reputation uh, inter- interstate. So we are watching that one closely. We don't want to see Tasmanian households ripped off who are um, trying to do the right thing, putting solar panels on their roof. So it is important to just um, be aware of that when you're engaging um, in that program. Of The government need to make sure they've done the appropriate due diligence there to make sure Tasmanian consumers aren't ripped off. And sadly, we've seen that interstate. So just, just a word of caution with that one, Mike. Um, and then, of course, to your second point around the federal government commitment, um, that's something that they promised to do. Again, it was a time period, so it's not immediate. It, it wasn't ever promised to happen this year, uh, but it is promised to happen. And that's because of the effort to help decarbonise the electricity network. And We've seen a lot of coal-fired power stations in states now indicate they're going to move away from fossil fuels and into renewable energy and renewable energy is now cheaper than fossil fuels and that will have a downward impact on people's power bills.
0: It's interesting, uh, like, just to digress because it will run out of time shortly, uh, Back I'm speaking with uh, Rebecca White, Labor Leader. Uh, Beck, the floods, have you seen, have you uh, had a look around?
1: Uh, yes, it's devastating, isn't it? I, I haven't, but I'm going up there um, this week to meet with some community members. I spoke with the Acting Premier on Thursday last week it's hard to believe it was a week ago, really, um, and really didn't want to get in the way of any of our emergency service workers or their or volunteers who've just done a remarkable job. And thank them very much for mm. everything they've done. But I have had a number of different conversations with people in um, those affected communities who've explained to me the impacts, which are you know both immediate and ongoing. And it's really positive to see both governments joining together to make uh, available financial support for people as well as emotional. Uh, and mental health support because it's not just the immediate impact it's the ongoing impact and that can be the most devastating for people so I I will be up um, visiting some communities this week Mike because I understand how difficult it's been for some people and really what a shock the rising floodwaters were given how high they came compared to 2016 and it I guess that's the biggest worry of all, that it wasn't very long ago that we had a significant flood event like this. Mm. And it does make it very important for us to prepare to protect communities in the future because we're going to see more of these extreme weather events.
0: And I was listening to Alex uh, in the uh, the news. He uh, had a quote from the Prime Minister in regard to disaster recovery payments available in six flood hit local government areas in Tassie. They're providing $1,000 for an adult, $400 for a child to those impacted by floodwaters. Tasmanians uh, who have also lost income because of the floods can also apply for 13 weeks of payment at the level of the Job Seeker Allowance and to apply for the payment, individuals and businesses go to Service Australia or through the MyGov website if that concerns you. So hopefully some people can t- take advantage of that. Yes, and
1: thank you for sharing that information because... I think a lot of people get caught up in the moment just trying to clean up and just deal with the immediate tragedy and often they they, they miss those important messages, so it's important to keep sharing them.
0: Indeed, and uh, thank you for having a chat. Good to catch up again. uh, Rebecca White, uh, White, Labor Leader, thanks for your time.
1: Thanks so much,
0: Mike. Good to talk to you. And uh, probably could have had a, a lot more there, but we just ran out of time. We've got to talk with the best Clark, CEO of Marinus Link shortly with the Tasmania Talk. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from nine.